Would you turn with me this morning to 1 Thessalonians? You believe the Lord could give you something good this morning? Help you out? I'm excited about this. We have been for some, uh, we're going actually, I want you to go first to 1 Thessalonians 4. We have been for some time on the subject of the obedience of faith. And if you haven't been with us, uh, you can obtain those, download them for free. And the Lord has led us progressively, teaching us about how to uh, uh, grow up and uh, how to submit and uh, how to obey and not be rebellious and a number of these things. All these tie into growing up and developing spiritually. And we've seen that if we love the Lord, we will obey Him. Isn't that what He said? John 14, among other places, He said, uh, He that loves me, Jesus said, will keep my commandments. Do we love Him? Then we must keep His commandments to demonstrate it. Otherwise, it's empty talk. Well, what are His commands? His command, the New Testament commandment, is love. I think almost every Christian knows that. The New Testament commandment, we're going to read it in just a minute here, is to love one another as he has loved and loves us. That's the New Testament commandment. And if we do that, the Bible said it's evidence that we love him and he'll be pleased with us. And he'll manifest himself to us. You remember all that? I mean, this is sounding good, isn't it? Should we emphasize this? Should we focus on keeping this love command? Well, I'm stirred up about it. And I'm embarking upon a mission on it right now. Are you all ready to go with me here? Read this scripture and see 1 Thessalonians, the fourth chapter. 1 Thessalonians 4, and down here in about verse 9. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9. He said, as touching brotherly love. Now, is this the kind of love that we're taught the commandment to love? Yeah. Love one another. Well, who's one another he's talking about? Our fellow believers. Right? Our brothers. As touching brotherly love, you need not that I write to you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Somebody say, taught of God. God. To love one another. And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia, but we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. What's written on the front of the church out here? Exceeding faith. What? Abounding love. Well, that's a quote from the very next, what, 2 Thessalonians here. And uh, it indicates an increase, doesn't it? A growing, an increasing. Uh, Nobody here has reached their full potential in their faith. Have we? No. Can you have a lot more faith? Can you grow in your faith? A lot more from where you are. Well, same thing's true with love. We have not arrived in our full development of walking in love and loving our brother. He said, you have been taught by God how to do this. And he said, that's good. He said, but what else? Increase. Increase more. And more. Go on with it. You're doing good. Go on with it. I believe this verse applies directly to you this morning. To this church. To us. The Message Bible. Well, the New Living. Let me read that first. He says, we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other. In other words, they they already knew some of that. For God himself has taught you to love one another. Who taught them? 
God himself. Well, who knows more about love than love himself? Huh? Can God, will God personally teach you how to keep the commandment he gave us? That's what I'm on this morning. That's what I'm excited about this morning. How many like the sound of this? Taught by God. How to love each other. And as a result of receiving more of this, we're increasing. More and more abounding in this love toward each other. This love that God is. The Message Bible says, regarding life together and getting along with each other, you don't need me to tell you what to do. You're God taught in these matters. Just love one another. You're already good at it. Your friends all over the province of Macedonia are the evidence. But keep it up. Get better and better at it. We got evidence in this church of some love. We do. Don't we? And we have a constant stream of testimonies of people that came in to visit and how you put money in their hands and bought them clothes and and we're kind to them and, and you're loving each other and you're loving strangers and there's evidence of it and you're doing it. Where'd you learn that? Hmm? The Lord's been teaching you and he's been teaching me. He's been teaching us how to do this. But have we arrived at Christ-like perfection in walking in this life? No, we have just begun. And I'm stirred up about us being taught some more of God and getting revelation that we have not gotten up to this point. I mean getting understanding and insight how to keep the love command. How to do it. And we're going to do it. Are you going to keep coming? Well, I'll keep coming back then too. And I'll keep... uh, (laughs) I'm full of this. I tried to go to sleep about 4 o'clock. No, it was 3.30. And I had to get back up out of bed at 4. I just It was just going over me so big and, and inside me so big. Glory to God. You and I are at a place. God has gotten us here. But he is preparing to take us up into something that we have not been able to put words to or describe. And all the things that we have desired is in this. Someone says, well, I want to see miracles. This is it. This is it. I want to see great healings. I want to see this and I, I want to experience the great presence of God manifest. This is it. This is it. It's all wrapped up in this. So are you ready? To step into this? To increase and to come up into it? Let's read our text again. He said, as touching brotherly love, you need not I write to you. For you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Say that out loud again. Taught of God to love one another. Now I received a directive from the Lord, the head of the church. When this church began, he directed me teach three things. Now I knew there'd be other things, but also understood that I am never to stop teaching these three things. And this is number one. Teach the people how to keep this love command. How to love each other and minister to each other. The second one was faith. But you know, how many remember the scripture says faith works by Love. What if you ignore the love, you're not going to be strong in faith. Well, what if our love increases? Would that affect our faith? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you grow in the love of God, your faith comes right up there with it. Whew. You ready to go to the next level? And the third one was how to be led by the Spirit. 
which affects every part of every day of your life, doesn't it? And we've been on that, and if you look back, you see we've been over these things more than once. But uh, here we are again, back to the beginning, back to number one. Number one, the love command. But I, the thing I have in my heart about this series is the how to do it. How to do it. We talk about it. We talk about the importance of it. We talk about the necessity of it. But have we talked enough about how to do it? How to put it into practice? Now, if we have not arrived in the full development of this, as we go through this, we're going to see areas to make changes in. Hmm? We're going to see areas to make corrections in. If not, we're not even growing. And uh, don't get in condemnation. You see something. Well, that wasn't love. Ooh, I hadn't been walking in love like that. Ooh, I hadn't been in love. <laughs> Just go, thank you, Lord, for showing me that and gracing me to change that. And by your help, we're going to change that today. Right? And a lot of what people do, they do in ignorance. They're not really seeing it. They're not really understanding it, aware of it like they should be. And so in order to grow, we're going to have to see it. I'm going to have to see where I didn't walk in love. You're going to have to see where you didn't walk in love. And we're going to already admit right up front here that me nor you have arrived in walking in love. That we have much more to learn about it and much more room to grow in it. But here we are, Lord, ready to hear it. Ready to receive it and ready to do it. Can you say amen? Amen. Now if you say, well, I don't want to hear about love. I want to get prosperous. (laughs) If you want to hear about love, I don't want to hear about love. I want to get healed. Love heals. Hmm? I don't want to hear about love. I want to hear about the power of God. I want to see miracles. God heals. Is love. Manifestations of God are manifestations of love. Aren't they? Manifestations of healing are manifestations of love. Manifestations of God's prosperity. Manifestations of love. Right? He said you've been taught of God to love one another. He said, you do it to all the brethren that are in all Macedonia. We beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. Said out loud, we will be taught of God to love one another. We will increase in love more and more. More and more. We are increasing in love. More and more. Glory to God. Now go back with me to John 13. And let's remind ourselves of what Jesus said. About the love command. Again now no matter what you think you want. No matter what you think or know you need. It is tied to this. It's in this. How many would agree your answer is in God? No matter what it is. It's in God. Well who is he? He's love. So your answer is in love. In uh, John 13. John 13. Jesus is talking. Red letters. What about red letters? Trumps everything else. (laughs) Yeah but I got this. Yeah but I got red letters. (laughs) But you got red letters. Trumps everything. John 13 and uh, 34. Jesus said, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you. Now let's just stop right there. A new what? What is a commandment? Anybody know what a commandment is? That's right, I heard somebody say order. And that's probably one of the best words we could use in our modern language. I looked it up extensively and 
order. It's used in the military. A command. An order. Is it a suggestion? No. It's not a suggestion. Did he say try to do it? No. See if you can do it. No. Hmm? Something you ought to do. This is a great ideal that you should at least make an effort. Hmm? What? It's an order. Somebody say order. order. This is an order from the head of the church, Jesus. An order. Somebody say order. order. Now this is one of the first things we've got to get settled in our spirit. We've got to get it established in us as a pillar, as a foundation. This is a commandment. This is the commandment. It is an order from the head of the church. People try to water down Christianity and dilute stuff until the Lord wouldn't even give you an order. He's the head of the church. He's the captain of our salvation. And when he gives an order, he expects it to be done. Doesn't he? He gave us an order. He gave us the order. What is it? Keep reading. What is it? What is the order? That you love one another. Very specific. Who's he talking to? He was talking to his disciples. And when he, how would they understand it? That they would love who? Each other. Each other. Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Thomas, right? They'd understand Peter... You love John. John, you love Peter. How? As I have loved you. How? As I have loved you. Can we do it? Can I love you the way Jesus has loved me? Can you love me? Can you love your other family members and friends and Other brothers and sisters in Christ, whether you like all of their stuff and ways or not, can you love them like the Lord loves you? Yes, Yes, you can. Not only can you, you're ordered to. I'm ordered to. It's not a choice. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. It's an order. Are y'all with me or not? Because you know me, I'll just stay on it. Huh? Say it's an order. It's an order. From who? From God. Not from Keith. No, sir. Not from your daddy or mama. Not from your husband or wife. It's an order. Right, sir. Not from the president. Not from the governor. Somebody much higher. Right. It's an order. Yes. From who? God. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. Yes. The everlasting head yes. of the church. Yes. It's an order. Amen. It's the order. Should it be important to us? Should it be forefront in our thinking all the time? Keep the order. We ought to get up in the morning thinking, I got to keep the order. And all through the day and lay down at night, did I keep the order? Did I keep the command? Did I follow orders? Because if we don't, it's going to cause us trouble. It's going to open up the door to the enemy in our lives. It's going to displease the Lord. Keep the command. He said that you love one another as I have loved you. What does the next verse say? What does the next verse say? By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. This is the evidence that we are real Christians. Not our going to church. Not our Bible toting. Not our quoting scriptures. Are y'all with me or not now? See, the world has gotten skewed and twisted on this. It's not that your name is on a membership roster somewhere. That's no evidence to the world that you're a Christian. Not your speaking in tongues. Huh? Not how you dress. What is the evidence? The evidence to the world that you really are one of Jesus. You are one of his. You're one of his disciples. You really are a Christian is that you obey the order. You keep the command. Which is? Love each other. 
How? As he has loved us. Have we heard enough about this? Have we emphasized this enough? Could you overemphasize it? I, I don't know how you could. If it's the New Testament commandment, it's the order. Well, let's camp on it then. I mean, if we stay on it for the next three years, whatever the Lord says, let's stay on this until we see this like he does. Until we're thinking like he does about it. Because he's right. And until we're not just talking about it, complaining about it, feeling bad about it, theorizing about it, but actually doing it. We are doing it. And you have been. I read the scripture. That's the one uh, I had to get back up over this morning. The text. Hmm? Because we're supposed to start this out by saying, you have been doing it. Good. But now what? More and more. Let's go on. Let's go on now. More and more. Go to John the uh, 15th chapter. It is an order. Not a suggestion. Not something to try. Not just a high ideal. Not something to write and hang on the wall. Something to do. John 15, are you there? 15 and 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now let's just stop right there. Was Jesus keeping the commandment before he expressed it? How so? He was loving them and loving us as the Father loved him. Wasn't he? He was doing it. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide or live or stay in my love. Love is not just something you talk about once in a while when the preacher gets on it in church. Love is what we're to live in, stay in, every day, every night. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, if you really do this, you may be unhappy, but you'll be making other people happy. Right? Wrong. Didn't you just get through reading this? Huh? Why did I say that? Because the enemy, I mean, can you feel it already? What do you feel? What do you feel? I know we should do it. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. And I know we don't. Not really. But praise the Lord. He knows us. Wrong. Condemnation doesn't work. And the Lord has told us not to yield to it, not to minister it, not to receive it, not to yield to it. What is condemnation? Feeling bad about it. Feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, feeling embarrassed, and millions in churches come. It's happening right now. Sunday mornings all over the place. People come and people talk about what they're not doing and what they ought to do and what they should have done and what they're supposed to do and people feel bad and they go, sad but true. Sad but true. And they feel bad and sometimes feel really bad and leave and don't change. And so the whole thing was displeasing to the Lord. No, no, no. 
There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. No, no, no. No condemnation. You can't change the past. God can forgive you and cleanse you. It can be like it never even was. But what you can do is believe that no matter where you've failed or how you've come short, you got to believe you can do it. If God told you to do it, you can do it. Say it out loud. I can obey the order. I can keep the command. I can do it by the grace of God. I can do it with his help. Now we already got through reading in our text. He's going to personally teach us how to do this. Oh, glory to God. But we got to receive it in faith. And we got to be willing. Willing to learn it. Willing to do it. Willing to grow in it. Is that right? Now what did he say? If you keep this commandment. Verse 11. I spoke these things to you. To what end? Verse 11. To what end? What's going to happen? The more you walk in love, the more sad you're going to be. Because you're not going to be getting your way. You're going to have to treat people right. Huh? I've had people more than once. Maybe we're going around with visitors or something. And people here and there, not just here, but in other cities, they go, Hi, Brother Keith. Hi, Miss Phyllis. Hi, Brother Keith. They say, You know them? I said, Well, no. Hi, hi, other states, other countries. And people say, boy, you have to live right. People know who you are. <laughs> I said, well, you're supposed to live right too. God knows who you are. Right? I mean, it's really no difference. <laughs> and people think if you really obey God all the way, if you really, really walked in love like you're supposed to, it's not going to be any fun. Because... Man, you don't always have to be giving in and treating people right. And you can't get mad and upset and you can't go off on them and you can't give them a piece of your mind. And it just ain't going to be any fun at all. No, that's a lie. I said, that's a lie. This is the truth. Yes, right. If you keep this commandment, what's going to happen? Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. His joy is God. His joy. The joy that Jesus walked in on the earth. And he was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his brethren. That joy, that joy which is your strength. That joy that is his joy is going to remain, abide, live, stay in you. And that's going to cause your joy, my joy, to be full. Glory to God. Glory to The devil's a liar. Don't you believe him now? Don't you believe him? He'll sit on your shoulder and go, if you really, really walk in love with your wife, she's going to run you ragged. If you really walk in love with your husband, it's over. They'll take advantage of you. If you really walk in love at the job, your life's going to be miserable. What about you? What about you? What about you? What about what you want? What about what you need? What about you? If you don't try to get what you need and want, you're going to be so unhappy. He's a liar. Yes, I said, he's a liar. What is the truth? Tell me the truth. Jesus said, if you seek for your life, you actually lose it. If you're willing to lay it down and let it go, you'll find, you'll really find it. Oh, can you see this? Let's take the wraps off the devil's lies and deception. You will not be unhappy. You will actually be the happiest and joyous you've ever been the more you walk in love. Oh, can you see this? Oh, glory to God. Can you get excited about it? Oh, thanks be unto God. The, I want you to write some things down. Write a couple of things down. We're going to come back to this again and again. The selfish life is the empty life. Did you hear that? 
The self-centered life is the miserable life. The giving life is the fulfilling life. The unselfish life is the satisfying life. You want to really be happy? Then really become unselfish. You want to really be satisfied and fulfilled? Then become the biggest giver around. When I say giver, I'm not just talking about money. That's everything. Giver of every good thing in every area. Don't, I'll go over those again as we go through the series and I'll add to it. But is it true or not that the selfish life is the empty life? You can run over everybody and you can demand your way and tell everybody what you think and you can get your way and when you get it and you're sitting there with it alone, you ain't happy. You're not happy. You can sue everybody and fight everybody and take it away. You can kick and claw and backstab your way to the top. You can get your post. You can get your place. You can get your position. You can get your money and your house by taking it and grabbing it. And when you get it, it ain't going to make you happy. It's not going to fulfill you. It's not going to satisfy you. That's why people reach their goals and commit suicide. Because as long as they didn't have it, they could imagine that when I get it, I'm going to quit feeling so empty. If I could get that house, if I can get that promotion, if I can get that done, if I can reach retirement, if I can do that, then all this gnawing emptiness and unhappiness will go away and it will satisfy me. No, it will not. It cannot. And the more selfish you are, the more unhappy you will be. There's no escaping it. The more empty you will be. The more unfulfilled. But, but, but. This is not my idea. We're reading scriptures. What if you keep this command? Huh? What if you live to give? You just live to give. You live to love people. You live to bless people. You live to help people. You do it so much that you just forget about yourself. Huh? What did the Bible say? Jesus said, my joy is going to stay in you. And your joy is going to be full. Can anybody testify to a little small sprinkling of experience along this line? I mean, just in the things that we've seen so far. If the Lord uses you to meet somebody's need, if he uses you to cause somebody's dream come true, doesn't that make you happy? Doesn't that fulfill you? Wouldn't you rather do that than eat when you're hungry? Huh? It's the best. But now the devil has kept most of the church world, most of the, you know, all the unsaved world, but it's most of the church world in the dark, in deception, believing if you ever really just sold out to do the commandment of love, well, you're going to lose, not get everything you want, and you're going to be unhappy. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. The opposite is true. Jesus is right. Hmm? Y'all with me? The giving life is the fulfilling life. Now, uh, where are you? What is the order? What is the command? That you love one another as I have loved you. Go to 1 John, please. 1 John, 3rd chapter. I'm trying to get to the first part of this, but we've got to get this established first. Said out loud, I've been given an order. It's not a suggestion. I'm not to try it. He has ordered me to do it. He fully expects me to obey this order. I can obey this order. I will obey this order. What's the order? Love one another. 
Love one another. Are you in 1 John 3 yet? 1 John 3. 1 John 3, about verse 18. Well, verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. Now, if you're selfish, you wouldn't do that. If you're more concerned about yourself than the other people, you wouldn't do that. He laid down his life for us. Did he do it? He is the Christ. That's who he is. That's what he is. What if we're Christians? That's what we are. That's who we are. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso has this world's good and sees his brother have need and shuts up his bowels of compassion from him and keeps it piled up and lets it rust. Huh? I added that. It is in the Bible though, isn't it? How dwells the love of God in him? Well, it's not manifesting in them. My little children, now here it is, here it is. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed. Somebody say deed, 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 deed. In deed and in truth. Thank you, Lord, for helping me get this out. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, (laughs) This is an order. Us keeping it is not based on how we feel or how we feel about it or how we feel about the people we're supposed to love. This commandment has been given lip service. It's been talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. But then after all the talking is done, uh, people come back to how they feel. You do not have to feel lovely towards somebody to obey this order. Hmm? Do you see this now? You do not have to have warm and fuzzy feelings for your brother in order to keep this command. Let us not love in what? Word. Or in tongue. See... So many people have thought that the bulk of walking in love is talk. That's right. Well, I love you, brother. Well, that's fine to say that. But unless you do something, that's right. it's empty. That's right. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. I love you. Oh, I love you with the love of the Lord. Well, we only want to hear so much of that. <laughs> huh? Because this scripture said, don't love just in what you say, in tongue, in word, in tongue. But love how? Said out loud, love is a deed. Love is an action. Keeping the love command means I do something. And it is not based on how I feel. Oh, this will set you free if you'll get it. This will set us free. Well, I don't, I don't enjoy being around them. What's that got to do with it? You've been given an order. Huh? I mean, we're supposed to even endure hardness as a good soldier. As a good soldier. I mean, you know, let's say you're in the military, you're in the army, you're in the navy, you're in the marines, and you get, you get your orders. And you look at them, you go, I don't feel like being a maintenance technician on a tank. That's not what I wanted to do. You know, I saw on the poster. (laughs) It said, you know, be all you can be. And that's not all I can be. (laughs) I can be more. I can be something else. No, if you can't follow orders, you can't be anything. What, and what if you go to your commanding officer and you want to talk to him, you'd like to sit down with him sure. and talk to him about how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't feel good about these orders. 
Well, if men and women can be disciplined and put their feelings and emotions aside and follow orders of men, why can't we do that concerning the orders of the Most High? Well, they hurt my feelings. So what? You've been ordered to love them. They hurt me. They, they don't know what they did to me. So? You've been given an order. I've been given an order. Hmm? An order. And he expects this order to be obeyed. Doesn't he? Somebody say, I've been given an order. What is the order? To love each other like he loves us. Same way. Can you do that? Yes. Not only can you, you've been ordered to. Yes. This is our order. And how, what kind of effect is it going to have on us if we obey this order completely? Oh, we'll be sad. It'll be hard. It'll be rough. Huh? Joy. Huh? Joy. What if we obey this order completely? His joy will remain in us and our joy will be full. We got every reason to obey this order and no good reasons not to. Hallelujah. There's a lot more could be said about this, but uh, let me read this again from another translation. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions, actions and in truth. Uh, my little children, our love should not be just words and talk. It must be true love which shows itself in action. Shows itself in action. Shows itself in action. I want you to go with me to Romans 12. We're just getting the foundation laid on this. Romans 12. We'll be coming back to this. We'll be talking more about this. But I want to give you another part. I want us to go ahead before we leave today and get into the how-to. Something we can practice this afternoon. Yes, sir. Before we go any further on it, do you receive the command? Yes. Is this an order? Yes. Do you have to feel a certain way in order to obey the order? No, you do not. You can feel terrible and smile and obey the order. You can feel like you don't want to be there at all. Huh? And still obey the order. Can't you? It's not based on how you feel. It's not based on what you want to do. It's an order. From the head of the church. And if you love him, you'll do it. If I love him, I'll do it. Keep the order. Keep the command. Obey the order. Well, how do we do this? We're going to begin to look at the things the Bible says much about this subject. And we're going to begin to look at some of the major central areas of how to do it. And God is already and will be teaching us personally how to do this. It's his idea. It's his command. His kingdom. He knows more about it than anybody else. He is love itself. So Lord, say it out loud. Just close your eyes. Say it out loud. Lord. I believe it. I receive it. Thank you for personally teaching me how to love, how to obey the order, how to keep the command. I'm asking you to do it. And I'm believing you to do it. And by faith, I'm thanking you. For teaching me how to love. Okay. Romans 12. Romans 12. How to love. Romans 12 verse 10. Are you there? Well back up to verse 9. Let love... Be without dissimulation, one translation says, hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one toward another with brotherly love. Now we read that in our text, didn't we? 
And isn't that the language of the commandment? To love who? Each other. Well, that's our brother. And this is that very kind of love that we're talking about in the command. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Now we're getting into the first part of the how to. How to keep the command. How to love each other. The God kind of love prefers its brother. Everybody say prefer. The God kind of love prefers its brother. Have you ever done that? Hmm? Have you ever failed to do it? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Prefer. And this word is interesting in the Greek. It actually literally means to go before and lead. But in a specific area. To lead. Let me read it exactly. Taking the lead in showing deference one to another. It paints a picture. Somebody say, take the lead. lead. Everybody wants to take the lead. But in what? (laughs) Taking the lead in preferring each other. Taking the lead in deferring to one another. How would you do that? Now what does the flesh say? Let me. Another one says, no, let me. But what does this kind of love say? Let me let you. Nah, let me let you. Nah, nah, I'm taking the lead on this now. I'm going to prefer you. Huh? I'm, I'm going to lead on this. On what? On preferring you. And deferring to you. Let me read this to you from some other translations. The NIV says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. The New Living says, love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Somebody say, take delight. Take delight. In what? Honoring. Preferring is the word used. And also that word includes the idea of deferring. Preferring. Now we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. But listen again. One translation says outdo one another in showing honor. Well that's why would they use that language? Because the literal Greek means take the lead in it. In what? In preferring each other. One translation says excel in showing respect for each other. Excel in it. The Darby translation says, as to brotherly love, kindly affection towards one another, as to honor each taking the lead in paying it to the other. Let me bless you. No, let me bless you. Hmm? Now we don't fight and argue over that. We don't want to get in the flesh over that. But each one seeking To outdo the other in preferring and blessing and help. What if the whole church was doing that? What if all the church is? We're doing that. Well, then we'd have heaven on earth, man. The source and cause of all the heartache and pain and tragedy is the selfishness of man. Isn't it? How do we put this into practice? We're giving you the first piece of it today. Have you got it or not? How do I obey the order? How do I keep the command? This God kind of love prefers. It's brother. Somebody say prefer. Prefer. Go to Philippians, the second chapter. Philippians chapter 2. Is this word valuable to you? Is it precious to you? Are you going to keep it past the dismissal? Huh? Think you can remember it the rest of the day? And into the night? Yeah, me too. Let's keep it in front of us. We've been given an order. We've been given a command. 
How do we keep the, this is part of keeping this command. We prefer our brother. Philippians 2. Philippians 2 and verse 1. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Is there any joy in keeping this love? It gives the Lord joy. And His joy is in us. It gives us joy. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Can you do that? Mrs. What if they're not better than me? You're not listening. It's got nothing to do with what you think. Or your estimation. Or if you think there's evidence to demonstrate that they're not better than you. He said, treat them that way. You can treat somebody that way, whether they act that way or not. I hope you all are not waiting on me to preach on something different because this is it today. This is it. And it's going to be this next week. And next week. And next week. Are you with me? And we're going to get this. We got it some, but we're going to get it more. And more and more. And we're going to obey this order. And we're going to keep this command. Aren't we? I'm going to talk about it. You're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it to each other. We're going to remind each other. Right? And we're going to keep it in front of our face. Month after month. And we're going to do it. And we're going to be happier than we've ever been in our life. We're going to have more joy and be more fulfilled. And more satisfied than we've ever been in our life. We're going to please God. We're going to actually keep the command. We're going to actually do what he told us to do. Yes, sir. And our life's going to get better than it's ever been. And people are going to see it. And they're going to hear it. And they're going to know we are his disciples. It's going to be evidence above everything else. He said, esteem other better than themselves. Somebody say esteem. esteem. That doesn't mean they are better than you. Well, nobody thinks somebody's better than me. He didn't say they are. He said what? Esteem them. Treat them like that. See them that way. You're valuable to God. We know you're valuable. Humility is not running yourself down. But even though you know you're valuable to God, you know you're important to Him, you can still treat other people like they're better. Treat them like they're more important than you are. Are y'all with me on this or not? Treat them like they're more significant. Like their time matters more. Like what they want to say and do matters more. Treat them that way. Whether it does or not, treat them that way. Whether they act that way or not, treat them that way. Esteem them that way. Keep going. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let me read this to you from other translations. The NAS says, with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Another one says, count others more significant than yourselves. He didn't say everybody was more important than you. What did he say? Treat them that way. Esteem them that way. And do you have to feel special to do it? No. You can feel like not doing it. And still keep the order. Hmm? Well, they don't act very special. They don't look. No. You've still been ordered. Ordered. Are you going to obey the order? Yeah. Then you treat them better. You esteem them as more important, more significant. Another one said, give more honor to others than you do to yourself. Another translation says it yet. Be moved to treat one another as more important than yourself. More important, you see that in several translations. Another one says, counting one another more excellent than yourselves. Now, 
take this word prefer. How are we going to keep this order? Here's the first word of the day. Prefer. How do you prefer others? Well, if I came to you and I said, you know, uh, you want something to drink? Do you prefer coffee or tea? Hmm? What are you going to do? You're going to pick one. And when you pick one, there's one or others you didn't get picked. Didn't get picked. Didn't get used. Huh? If I say, what do you prefer? You prefer beef or chicken? And, and what if you say, I prefer beef? What does that mean? Chicken did not get picked. <laughs> you prefer, you know, chicken or beef? Coffee or tea? You or me? Huh? If you prefer you, then me didn't get picked. Me got left out. You got it. I didn't. How many understand when Jesus hung on the cross, they mocked him. The religious leaders stood out there and said, he saved others. Himself he cannot save. That's the gospel. That's the good news. He was preferring us. He could have got himself off of the cross. He could have called for legions of angels, couldn't he? He could have took care of his own needs. He could have relieved himself of the pain and suffering. But if he'd have picked him, we would have got unpicked and lost oh can you see this every day we have choices all around us and people have acted like that love is only something we talk about on Sunday or once in a while when the preacher gets stirred up about it no listen every day there are choices every day is it going to be you or them Every day, every day, all day long, all night long. Am I going to talk or let them talk? Hmm? We going to get what they need or am I going to get what I need? So what about what I need? You got to put it in the Lord's hands. You got to cast it over on him and believe that in me helping you get your needs met, I'm sowing a seed and I'm going to reap a harvest off of it. But I got needs. That's unchristian. I have needs. I need to be taken care of. I've got things that I want. I've got desires. I've got plans. That's like an unsaved person talks. Such stuff should not come out of our mouth. It should be treated like profanity with us. Are you with me or not? Somebody pipe up and go, I have needs. We ought to look around like somebody cussed and go, what? What? You? I want, I need, I, we ought to treat this like profanity. Because it is violation of the order. It's violation of the command. To keep this command is going to cost you something. Isn't it? It's going to cost you every day. Isn't it? It's going to cost you picking them. And you not getting picked. How do you prefer, prefer, defer to, yield to, and prefer? Let them get what they need. Let them enjoy it. Somebody say, let them. Let them. Let them. them. I pick you, which means I don't get picked. But because I have faith in God, I'm not concerned about myself. I'm going to get mine. God's going to take care of me. And my faith is going to work all the better because it works by love. And my confidence, my heart's not going to be condemning me because I can stand up and go, hey, I'm keeping the command. I'm keeping the command. I'm doing what you told me to, Lord. And I know you're going to take care of me. Oh, can you see this? Jesus is the perfect example of this. I won't take the time 
to go into all of it. But he demonstrated this every day of his life and how much stronger in his death. Didn't he? And in the, uh, you know, he said in Mark 10, don't turn to these, I'm just going to quote them to you. He said in Mark 10, I did not come to be served. Didn't he? I did not come to be ministered to. I came to minister and to give my life as a ransom. Well, the servant's not above his master. That should be us, shouldn't it? He said, he that wants to be the greatest of all is going to be the least of all. And he that exalts himself is going to be humbled and brought low. But the person who's going to be the greatest of all is the one who's going to be the servant of all. The one who wants to bless everybody. The one who will sacrifice himself so you get it. That's the law of Christ. That's true Christianity. Isn't it? And it takes more than words on Sunday. And it takes more than hanging something up on your wall. The nature of your flesh is not like this. Is it? And every day you wake up, guess who's there? Your flesh. Every day. You know what it wants? It wants what it wants. It wants to get its way. Every day and every night. And you're going to have to pick. A lot of people have been picking. They just haven't realized who they've been picking. They've been picking me. Me, 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 me. And they're unhappy. And they're unsatisfied. And they're unfulfilled. And they wonder why they don't have more friends. <laughs> but. When you say. I, you know you don't have to say it out loud. But all through the day in your mind and heart you're going. I pick them. I can wait. I can wait. I can wait. I pick them. I pick them. Let them have it. Let them get it. Let them do it. Let's help them. Let's get theirs first. Let them. As you're doing it. You're obeying the order. You're obeying the command. This was exemplified in the highest sense. When Jesus, right before he went to the cross, they had what we call the Last Supper. And when they finished the supper, you remember what he did? He got up and he took off his nice robes and he put on a slave's towel. Didn't he? Anybody remember it? What did he do? He went and got a container with some water and he knelt down and he began to wash their feet. Now, there wasn't as much pavement around as there is today. A lot of dust (laughs) and a lot of people wore open shoes and sandals. So your feet got dirty and sometimes they get really dirty. And he's down there, the master, with his hands and with his towel, washing their feet. And it caught them aback. And it just, it bothered them. It bothered Peter so much, he spoke out and said, oh, no, uh-uh, no way. You will never wash my feet, Master. Now, let's just stop right here. That might have been our initial response, too. But why? You know why a person would respond that way? Because we do not think like he does. We don't understand the order. We don't understand the commandment like we should. And that's why he's doing it. And he looked at Peter, he said, if I don't wash you, you don't have a part with me. Well, Peter made some mistakes, but he ain't dumb. <laughs> right? I mean, quicker than you can turn around. He said, well, well, uh, then wash me, Lord. I mean, give me a bath. My hands, because I want a part with you. And if that's what it takes, then he said, well, you're clean, but you, you need this. So he, he washes the feet. And dries them. And they had to sit there and let him do it. And the whole time he's doing it, they're thinking, I ought to be washing his feet. He ought not be washing mine. We serve him. He don't serve us. And yet he's already told them, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And when he got up, he said, "Uh, you don't know, understand what I'm doing, but you will understand it. And you'll see what I've done. He said, you say, I'm your master. And you say, right, because I am. And if I, your master, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. What's he saying? What's he saying? What, What is this? Prefer. Treat. Were these men 
Peter, James, and John, Matthew, were they better than Jesus? No, sir. No. Uh-uh. Were they more important than him? No. Is he treating them like they are? Yes, they're sitting up. He's kneeling down. He's washing their feet like their servant. He's treating them like they're more important. If he did it, we should do it. We're commanded to do it. We're ordered to do it. And you don't have to wait till sometime when somebody has a foot washing to do it. You can, how many understand you can wash somebody's feet every day? Every day. How do you do it? You defer to them. You treat them as more important. Not because you believe they're intrinsically better than you. But you can treat them better than you. Because you've been told to. It's keeping the order. It's keeping the command. Stand on your feet please. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.